Today in the Journey with Steve DeWitt, a message about the benefits of our connection to Christ. True regeneration is a work of God upon which God makes a promise. And since our salvation is guaranteed by God's promise and power, no true Christian will ever finally and ultimately disconnect from Christ. Welcome to The Journey with Steve DeWitt. I'm Tim Svoboda. As Christians, there may be times when we face spiritual challenges or a crisis that tests our faith. During these times, remembering the benefits of our relationship with Jesus can help us navigate doubts, uncertainties, and difficult circumstances by responding in faith. Today on The Journey, Pastor Steve shares a message all about the benefits of staying connected to Jesus. That's the title of today's lesson, and you can access the full message online at The Journey. FM. Here's Pastor Steve DeWitt. Today we are talking about the benefits of staying connected to Jesus. Now you might not be a Christian here today, and uh, I would like to encourage you to think about getting connected to Jesus by faith and becoming a follower of Christ. Uh, but today's message is, is taken from Jesus speaking to his disciples in the upper room. And so what he has to say uh, is specifically a word for those who are followers of Christ. And so this is the title because this is what Jesus says. And the reason that he says this is that he is getting ready to depart. The disciples hear him say that. They think, yes, someday. What they don't realize is that in around six hours from when he says this, he will be arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. In about 12 hours, he will be nailed to the cross. And in 18 hours, he will be dead. And yet here he is with 11 committed disciples, and he wants them to understand that their relationship is going to change. Up until this point, they had been in proximity to, uh, to Jesus. They walked with him. They talked with him. They ate with him. They were geographically with him. Jesus realizes that this relationship is about to change, and they need to understand how to be connected to Jesus without being in proximity to Jesus. And isn't that somewhat our challenge here today? I am talking about somebody that none of you have seen with your own eyes. I've never heard him. I've never been around him. And yet, we, we believe that he is real and alive and that we have relationship with him. I wish he was here. I wish he was speaking today. How many people would agree with that? Way better than the current guy, for sure. But I don't think he's going to give the message today. And so how are we as Christians in relationship with, with Jesus? This is how, this is, this is where Jesus goes. And so what Jesus does here is he uses a very simple illustration uh, that we began last week in John 15, and his point is how critical it is that we remain committed, remain connected to Christ. Here's what he said in verses one and two of John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, 
he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, we saw this last week. This is an illustration with a very specific purpose. What he is saying here is that uh, the way that we evidence that we are actually in connection with Jesus is that we bear spiritual fruit, that that is the final and ultimate indicator of relationship with Christ. And he talks about dead branches, like a vine that has some branches that are alive and some branches that, that are dead. And he says that the vineyard owner, the gardener, takes away the dead branches. And so Jesus here now is urging abiding with Christ, remaining with Christ, staying connected to the nourishment, the sap, the life of Christ through the Holy Spirit in relationship with him. And so this illustration, I mean, this touches on so many different key Christian doctrines like union with Christ and the role of the Holy Spirit and sanctification and ultimately the perseverance of the saints. So there's a lot of ways we could go with this. Today, I just want to walk the text and uh, to see why is it that Jesus says, you gotta stay connected to me and what are the benefits of doing so? And so our text is 15, John 15, verses six through 11, which I'll read and then we're just gonna walk through it, okay? Here's what Jesus says. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you and ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. May God bless his Precious word to us today. So the benefits of staying connected to Jesus. I'm gonna walk the text. Here's the first one. I avoid what happens if I don't. Look again at verse six. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. I don't know about you, but that sounds undesirable. Anybody here going, I want to be the dead branch? No. And intentionally, this is portrayed by Jesus as an undesirable outcome. No, none of us would want this. And so it's a negative incentive to remain connected to Jesus. And I think it's a powerful one. He says, the branches that don't are gathered together and thrown into the fire. Now, I don't think that he is referring directly to hell, but I do think that he is referring directly to judgment, to judgment. Who is he describing here? Who's the dead branch? Well, you could read this and you could say, well, this was a branch that was connected to Jesus and then died and, and, and therefore they once were somebody that was under the grace of God, somebody that was saved, but then they died and they, they spiritually died and they no longer are 
connected. They no longer are under the grace of God. And there are some people that believe that. They believe that you can become a genuine Christian, be under the grace of God, and then you can be uh, not under the grace of God. You can lose your salvation. Whole denominations that, uh, that believe that. I don't, and I'd like to briefly explain why I don't. And the main reason is that this is not the only verse in the Bible. Like if your Bible only had, I am the vine and you are the branches, you might come to the conclusion, boy, we could totally lose this thing. But the Bible's got a lot of verses in it. And we have a high view of scripture, which means that we want to try our best uh, because we believe in the unity of the Bible that to synthesize things that sometimes sound like they are incongruent. And so not only are there many verses in the Bible that emphasize the fact that somebody genuinely saved can't lose their salvation, even in the Gospel of John, there are many verses that make this clear. Let me give you a few examples. Here's John 8, 29. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. John 6, 39. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. John 10, 28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Now to these, I could add a whole bunch of other ones in other texts uh, of, of scripture. They all say the same thing. So our teaching position here at our church is that true regeneration is a work of God. It is a work of God in the heart and the life of the sinner upon which God makes a promise. And since our salvation is guaranteed by God's promise and power, no true Christian will ever finally and ultimately disconnect from Christ. Okay, so that's what we believe here. Now that is a that is a position that has a lot of, you know, there are a lot of challenges and a lot of explanations that are needed. Otherwise, everybody would agree with that, and not everybody clearly does. Uh, and to that, I would also add that just like your vine or your bush or your tree at home, where you have branches that grow in ways you rather they wouldn't, people that are truly connected to Jesus can at times sin spectacularly. I think of David and Peter as two examples of spectacular sin where you would maybe think, ah, I don't think that person's safe. Yet, because of God's power and promise, and I want you to hear that, we are saved by God's power and promise, not by us. It is not because we have such an awesome grip on God. It is because God has an, such an awesome grip on us that we remain saved, left to ourselves, we wouldn't stay saved till Tuesday, if it was dependent on us. But the focus of the Bible is that salvation is a God thing. And he has guaranteed that he who began the work will carry it on to completion. And so therefore, we can deny Christ or we can temporarily walk away, but we will not ultimately and finally do so. Not if we are genuinely regenerate. Now I say that in a in a in a ecclesiastical climate right now where terms like deconstruction and deconversion have suddenly emerged in the what last 5 or 10 years 
in part because there have been many high-profile professing Christians who have walked away from the faith. They have deconverted. Is that possible? I mean, what if somebody does abandon Jesus completely? Or in this illustration, seems to be connected to Jesus, but is bearing no spiritual fruit at all. There is no life change at all. There is little, if any, affection for God or Jesus, his word, the church, the gospel, etc. Well, here's the logic. Because of God's promise to keep us saved, for somebody in this situation, either God's the liar or they're the liar. Our theology trusts God, not us. And even in the, you know, if you read the story of the early church, from the beginning, there were pretenders. There were counterfeits in the church. Some examples, uh, well, leading the list would be Judas, of course, who appeared to be an actual disciple of Christ, but was not connected to the vine. But we could go on with others. How about uh, the early church members, Ananias and Sapphira? who lied to the Holy Spirit and lied to the church by faking generous giving. God takes their lives for that. In Acts 8, a guy named Simon offers Peter and the apostles money so that he could distribute the gifts of the Holy Spirit like they are. Peter calls him a charlatan. Paul's ministry was plagued with counterfeits who kind of got excited about it, but then ended up not, like Alexander and Hymenaeus, who Paul says have shipwrecked their faith, 1 Timothy 1, 19 and 20. And so what we see from this and the parable of the soils and uh, the sower and many other places is just because somebody says they're a Christian doesn't mean they are one. And the reality of this should sober our hearts and rather than think about other people that we wonder about, we should all look into our own hearts and souls and realize that our spiritual destiny depends upon us being connected and remaining connected to Jesus the vine. I like Philippians 2. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We would do well to have a little more fear and trembling about our spiritual condition before God. But lest we give into a total phobia, notice the rest of the verse. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And I like the balance of that verse. It, it keeps us from being silly or lighthearted about our faith. We take it incredibly seriously, fear and trembling, but we ultimately trust in God doing the work in us, not that we're the ones doing the work in us. And I think that is the right balance. And so just to say this, the condition, friend, of your soul and your destiny should be the highest priority and care in your life, is it? One second after you die, I guarantee you're gonna wish you took more seriously what I just said. Our connection to Jesus is the lifeline of our faith. Apart from him, we can't do anything. But lest we think that we're the ones gripping the vine, it is God who is gripping us 
and we are kept in salvation by the promise and the power of God. And so ultimately, our hope is not in us. Again, we don't make it to Tuesday. Our hope is in the Lord, who is working his good work in us. And so because of that, then, all genuine Christians will remain with Jesus until they die. They will not finally and ultimately abandon Jesus and the faith. As uh, New Testament scholar D.A. Carson says it, only God can assess the heart. You and I are left to assess the words and deeds. In short, genuine conversion is not measured by the hasty decision, but by the long-range faithfulness. I've been in ministry so long now, when somebody professes uh, Christ, I'm excited, I praise God for it, but in my heart, I'm like, time will tell. Time will tell. I have baptized so many people that are not following Jesus today that I am hopeful and celebrative, but I also wait to see. Now, I spent time on that because that's a common question. But there are a lot of other benefits than avoiding something you don't want that Jesus has here, and I want to get to these as well. Verse seven, quickly, answered prayer. Anybody wanting a little bit of that? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. See that Jesus hears our, when you're connected to the vine, the vine hears the cries of your, your heart. More on that to come. Verse eight, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. You know what an awesome benefit and blessing of being connected to Jesus is that we have the high and holy privilege of bearing spiritual fruit in our life that the God of heaven takes pleasure in and is glorified by. I mean, think about this. We are one of eight you, me, one of eight billion little human beings running around on a medium-sized planet in a modest solar system, part of an average galaxy, and there are trillions of those in the universe, and the God who spoke that into existence derives pleasure when you bear fruit for him. When you think about the metaphysics of that, why would he even care? And yet he does. He loves us. And when we display this, the same kind of spiritual character that he himself has, he derives joy and glory from it. Think about, uh, think about the vine and the branches with this very famous verse. Galatians 2.20, what's going on here? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, does this sound like branch and, and, and vine? But Christ lives in me. And the life I now live connected to the vine in the flesh, I live by nourishment, faith, in the Son of God, who, by the way, loves me and gave himself for me. 
I think this vine and branch illustration helps us understand what is going on as I live my Christian life. I am connected to the vine, that is Jesus. It is the sap, the nourishment, the life of Christ through that faith connection that is keeping my spiritual life alive. It is Christ in me. Now, we could get into how the Holy Spirit is the means by that, but that's not what it says, but that's true. It's just not what it says. This, the Holy Spirit is definitely a part of this. But when we realize that to be a Christian is to be connected to the power and the life of the second person of the Holy Trinity, we come to understand why Jesus could say, if you're connected to me, you're gonna bear spiritual fruit. When we realize who he is, okay? I remember when I was uh, in college, between my freshman and sophomore year, I needed a job. And a guy in our church was a kind of a handyman electrician. And he said, oh, I could, you know, I could use a little bit of help. Now, anybody that knows me, I am the opposite of a handyman. I am a non-handyman. I remember when uh, I was uh, younger, and I think maybe I was already thinking about ministry, and my dad, who's an engineer and can fix anything and all of that, I, I never was inclined that way. And my mom said, Steve, what are you gonna do when you have your own house? And I said, that's what deacons are for. So anyway, in a very odd development, I became the assistant to the handyman, which meant I was his gopher. Go for this, go for that. That was my role. I remember uh, we often would be in the basement of some you know, house and be dark and dank and musty. And we'd be down in this basement and he, uh, to save time, would often work on the panel live. So I would be standing behind him and just kind of like wait for him to say, go get this or go get that. And all of a sudden, boom, and sparks would fly everywhere and he would jump and I would jump and sorry, I, I crossed a wire there. Shouldn't have done that. But the, when, when, the, when those wires hit, boom! I mean, it's just like, you realize the strength and the power of that electricity coming into the house. And similarly, when we realize what it means to be connected to the spiritual nuclear power plant that is Christ, bam! And to imagine that you could be connected to him and your life not change at all? For your faith to just bleh, it'll never happen. Not because of the, the branch, but because of the power of the vine. Indeed, a life connected to the vine is a life changed. That's Pastor Steve DeWitt here on The Journey with the first part of a message called The Benefits of Staying Connected to Jesus. Remember, if you ever tune in late, you can always replay Steve's message online. Just visit The Journey. FM, or subscribe to our podcast. Well, moments ago, Pastor Steve reminded us of just a few of the benefits of knowing and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. But those benefits are only available to those who trust and believe in Him. And that's why every day on The Journey, we share the gospel with listeners worldwide via the radio and the internet, so that men and women around the world can have the opportunity to receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And when you make a generous gift of any amount to this ministry, you'll help us reach even more people through this Bible teaching program. So would you give today? You can do so by calling 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 
757-756-8763 or visit us online at thejourney.fm. And to say thanks for your gift, we'll send you a book that you can read along with our current series. It's titled The Upper Room, Jesus' Parting Promises for Troubled Hearts. It's by best-selling author and pastor John MacArthur. This book will bless you by revealing and providing you with some of the most poignant and powerful promises for believers in all of Scripture. And you can request your copy today by calling 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763 or visit thejourney.fm. There on our website, you'll also find practical articles by Pastor Steve on topics like salvation, sin, and spirit-filled living. So be sure to take advantage of these helpful resources. Again, that's thejourney.fm. Well, I'm Tim Svoboda, inviting you to join us next time as we continue today's message. We'll be learning about the benefits of staying connected to Jesus. That's Wednesday on The Journey with Steve DeWitt. Today's program was produced and furnished by Bethel Church in Crown Point, Indiana.